Hey gang, as I announced last week, uh, super excited to have a new sponsor, Noise Engineering, and I have the pleasure of bringing you some demos from their brand new oscillator, the Ataraxic Iteritas. Um, I just got it yesterday, so I haven't got to know it super well, but I'm going to give you some micro doses of sound here. Um, I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail right now about what is uh, on there as far as the names of the knobs and everything. I think you should go to noiseengineering.us and get to know it in that regard. Um, I'm going to focus more on what kind of sounds you can get out of it. So, nice, simple, okay, yeah, it's an oscillator. It's got a comb filter on it, which is pretty cool. Um, so I've got a couple LFOs running into the Anna from Mystic Circuits, and I'm going to run the box output from that into the uh, the LFSR SQR SQR2 uh, CV in. That's actually a switch. So that's me manually switching it. But you put a little CV in there. So that's pretty cool. Now I'm going to take the VCA output from Anna, and I'm going to put it in a time mod input. Now the time mod sounds like this when you twist it with your fingers. <laughs> can almost make it kind of talk. can add some noise in there. Now I've got a couple clock pulses coming from the uh, shuffling clock multiplier from 4MS. I am going to put uh, one of those into the shape. And another one into the noise input. <laughs> this thing is so versatile. Uh, let's go on to the next microdose of noise. So this little piece is an attenuated LFO controlling the pitch, and then I've got uh, some clock pulses coming out of the Moffin Zeef Mido, and I've got that swung a little bit, going into multiple uh, CV inputs, and then I'm just going to start fiddling with some knobs. Let's go on to our next microdose of noise. Um, one thing that I do want to point out that so far you haven't heard this thing with any effects, any filters. Um, there's been no other sound sources so far. And uh, something else I want to point out is there's 10 CV inputs. Right now on this current sound, I'm using four of them. So uh, the versatility of this thing is, is mind boggling. But I bring up the effects not only to point out how uh, amazing it is, but also to just show, like, this thing, you had some delay to it. It had some re reverb. I mean, it's, it's Halloween's coming up. Oh, boy. you enjoyed these micro doses of noise um i'm gonna bring you some more fully flushed out demos sooner than later um but yeah head on over to noiseengineering.us
Hey gang, welcome to part two of uh, my interview with Ben Hines from Dwarfcraft. Uh, we're going to get into that just here in a second. I just want to remind everybody that this coming uh, Saturday is the uh, Modular Nights at the substation in Ballard. So if you're in the Seattle area, you should come check that out. A lot of great performers, and they're even letting me join. Um, and it starts at 4 p.m. until 7 p.m. And then the next day, Sunday, October 28th, Patchworks presents Knobs and Shit. And that is from 1 to 6 p.m. at the Melrose Market Studios in Seattle. That's at 1532 Minor Avenue. Um, would love to see you guys there. And once again, thank you to all you Patreon subscribers. If you would like to uh, help support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash podular modcast. Um, thank you to our other sponsors, Recovery Effects and AI Synthesis. AI Synthesis has got some new cool stuff coming up that I can't talk about yet, but uh, I can't wait for it. It's going to be, it's going to revolutionize my, my setup. Um, and Recovery just came out with a really cool new pedal called the Phantom Operator. And uh, I suggest go checking out some YouTube videos of that thing. It is gnarly. Um, what else can I say? Uh, let's, let's get some more people involved in the Pod Mod Patch Challenge. If you uh, try, try this week's um, from, from Ben's, Ben's words that he drew, uh, there's a Facebook group. And if you're on Instagram, you can just use the... Uh, Hashtag Podmod Patch Challenge. Alright, I'm done blabbing. Let's do this. Okay, yeah, because I'm not a v I'm I'm totally down to do two parters. I did I did a two parter with uh with DivKid because we just we we got an hour in, and I was like, I haven't asked you one question that I had written down. But okay. it was like a great, you know. So, a big um, question. Yeah, we'll just, yeah, we'll just, uh, we'll just go, go until we think we got it. Um, All right. So I don't want to cut anything off either if you, if you haven't had a final word on it. But I, I did want to ask you about um, your, uh, <laughs> like, the music for a party about listening to music. Oh, album yeah. And, and the stuff you do under uh, the name Minnesota Nice. Yeah. Because that stuff is as... That's that's some modular like f like freaked out like electronic shit, which is right. kind of surprising coming from you know like the. I think a lot of people think of Dwarfcraft and they think you know fuzz, you know, yeah, like doom guitar and doom, yeah, yeah. Which I love all of that shit. So when I, I listened to that, I was like, shit, man, this Ben does all the shit that that I like to do. I want to do <laughs> I want to do doom and I want to do glitchy fucking robots fighting. So. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Um, I guess with, with, with that project, I'm kind of curious is w when did you, when did you start getting into, uh, like making electronic music and, and how is that, how is that different than, you know, just being a guitarist up until that point? Cause I assume you were a guitarist first. Uh, you have assumed incorrectly. Actually. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I like that. So that's out of, well, me, <laughs> um, <laughs> My sophomore year of high school, um, let's see, what year would that have been? Like, 98, 99. Um, okay. I made a new oh, friend. Oh, we're the same age. Yeah. All right. <laughs> 2002? Sweet. Is that when you graduated? Oh, one. Oh, one. Okay. Pretty damn close. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I made a new friend, and he was the only friend that I had ever made who listened to electronic music other than like uh -huh. you know depeche mode and cnc music factory on the radio <laughs> you know sorry just, just that's not where i thought you were going with that <laughs> uh. i love me some depeche mode let oh yeah let, let no one uh I'm just that. going from them to see. I thought you were going to be like Depeche Mode and New Order or, or something, but you went to CNC Music Factory. Yeah, well, uh. so <laughs> it's a Eau Claire is a pretty small town, and we've really uh -huh. we had we had when I was a kid, it was Z100 was like <laughs> the the hot music station, uh -huh. and they like they played like all the all the pop rock, but also like club tracks. Mm -hmm. no, I mean, not like, I'm sure not like the, the deep cuts and stuff like that, but I'm talking like CNC Music Factory and like the Jock Jams stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and then there was I-94, which was like the, I think they were even corporate at that time. Um, just like a softer version of that. And then like two, uh-huh. one classic rock and one oldies station. Yeah. So there wasn't much exposure and this was before much of the internet. But anyway, so I made this new friend, Kirk, who's still my friend. He's actually a teacher at my kid's school. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we're just like, all we knew to call it was techno. We're like, what? You like techno? I love techno. <laughs> <laughs> and I, like, I had just gone years, like, I assumed that to make electronic music, you needed, like, a really expensive computer. Uh-huh. And like I had no, I had no idea how it was made other than than that an expensive computer. Um, and then we found out um, that there was this company called Propeller Head, and they uh-huh. had a program called Rebirth, and that was two three oh threes, an eight oh eight, and a nine oh nine, on the computer screen. And so oh, we nice. At, you know, age 16, and he was a year younger, we started just making tracks and tracks and tracks and tracks. <laughs> and, like, trying to funnel every every kind of idea I had um, through that interface really trained me on... Um, uh, I guess collaborating with the machines mm-hmm. you know because like i was uh, sometimes i try to make like a like a zeppelin-y like drony doom rock song uh-huh out of you know two 303s and two drum machines and stuff like that um and then it wasn't until like after high school that i that i like got into guitar Okay. Like I, I had had right. one. I had had one since I was like thirteen, but uh-huh. I didn't. I didn't fall in love until. Um, I guess it was when I got. Uh, I got my own computer and I could record audio into it, so I could finally put put guitar in these tracks. Uh huh. Um, Man, I. Yeah, I just had you pictured as like playing in metal bands in high school and, <laughs> and everything. <laughs> yeah, surprise. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what most people assume. Just because I kind, you know, I arrived in the public eye as a creature of guitar and pedal. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's not where it started. Well, it makes a way better way better story, and I I, I always I relish the opportunity to uh, catch myself assuming, you know. Like, it's just never a safe thing to do. <laughs> um, yeah, that's funny because I didn't start doing electronic music until about five years ago. I was, I mean, my first band was a metal band and uh-huh. um, then I, you know, just kind of slowly got into college indie, sh- the shins type stuff. And mm-hmm. I just got, I got pretty bored after a while. And then, um, yeah, I think it was, uh, I think it was Flying Lotus actually. That oh, Cosmogramma shit. album, I was like, <laughs> "Oh, you can do this with music," and then it was just all over. Yeah. So it was kind of a, a late bloom to electronic. I listened <laughs> to Prodigy, you know, in like '96. Yeah. Know, that one, that one album, "The Fat of the Land" or whatever. Yeah. Which still, it still holds up. It's that's, pretty good. Yeah, shit. that's got bangers on it for sure. <laughs> um, and like, I definitely like uh, left that album for a while, and like. I don't know. There was that period in my life where maybe I was a little too full of myself and I kind of looked down on the crystal method and prodigy and Mm -hmm. like that, that really bombastic form of electronic music. But it's like, I I don't know. I I just really came to peace with that aspect of my personality, you know, that, (laughs) That I was, I was fucking born a wild animal, you know, yeah, and yeah. <laughs> and I've been trying to keep it in check for thirty five years, and sometimes music helps, even if it's not quote unquote cool. Right. Yeah. No, I, I got. I I still like to. Uh, I still like to listen to a little uh, Pantera every once in a while. It's, uh... Well, I'll forgive you for that. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. 
so do you do you primarily do the the Minnesota nice thing? Is that your? But you're also in a band, so what, yeah. What, is kind of is it a kind of equal equal endeavors, or is there anything that you're kind of focused more on? Um, I I guess it's about equal. Um, okay. In in that my band, the Ronald Reagan, is <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's it's four people, and uh-huh. we only write together in the mm-hmm. room um and it's i mean it's spacey and loud and intense and emotive and um what was the i i i had some clever name for it but for me <laughs> it's it's a very primal experience uh-huh with like maybe a little um a little f- too much technic technicality f- for I don't know I don't I I was trying to describe the band and and it's, it's just not working. Yeah, you never you never can. I, I feel like you can never really describe your own stuff. Um, right. So yeah, I guess w- what I'm trying to say is like uh, emotionally and spiritually that when I'm in that room, it's all encompassing, and the shows are. Well, if they're really good or really bad, like they are a <laughs> profound experience for me. Uh-huh. Um, and like I used to when fucking Apple made it easier to do things like this, like we would record practices, record writing, and I would listen to everything we had recorded every day. Uh-huh. Like that was that was how much I was in it in it. Uh-huh. Um and um I guess as things have progressed like I need I need some stuff that's just for me musically. Um and that's that's what the electronic stuff is like that's almost always done in headphones. The best of it is done on my kitchen table. <laughs> um and I only recently started gigging as Minnesota Nice, um, just because now my kids are 15, 13, and 10, you know, so mm-hmm. I can more easily go out at night and stuff like that. And usually the business isn't uh, an emergency situation. Um, um, so in a given week, I probably spend more time working on Minnesota Nice. But as far as my like personal devotion, it's it's pretty evenly split. Okay, nice. Um, so that leads me to I'd, I'd like to hear kind of your live modular philosophy and or approach versus maybe tracking. Is is there a difference between when you're going to sit down and track something, um, and 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 when you are setting up a set, or do you kind of approach it the same way? Um. So, for example, um, that track "Homebody" on mm-hmm. the on the Minnesota Nice Bandcamp, that was uh, that sprung from a concept, which was it's like, I guess okay, how I work on modular, period, is start with a concept like before I even get to the machine. Like okay. when, when I first got it, I was like, I want to do drones and i want to move arpeggios over that and like coming from you know guitar world like you kind of gotta fight your guitar to get it to sustain for more than 20 seconds or so Mm -hmm. and the modular is just made it's the the, you know the you know the oscillator is always running you have to fight it to not sustain yeah Yeah. exactly like (laughs) like my my first system that i put together i did not use a vca because I was uh-huh. like, I don't want to turn the sound off right now. <laughs> um, but uh, for Homebody, the idea was just to... Um, it's it's all about modulating envelopes. And getting okay. um, a self-sustaining system that doesn't repeat. Um, and then making something out of that. Like, sort of letting that bloom and then imposing my my will and and collaborating Mm -hmm. um 
And then, um, so the few times I have played the modular live, um, I generally go a lot simpler and way more hands-on knobs. Okay. Like I, I start generally for that type of thing. I start with the make noise tell harmonic. Just because I was just messing with that tonight. Oh, it's thing. so yeah, because it's just so rich and like yeah, the knobs are. It's just a beautiful thing to play. Yeah, you know, it's, and then, there's nothing like it. Yeah, and so any any anything you do to affect that is sort of like icing on the cake. Like <laughs> I brought a I brought a rig to like sit in with like an avant garde jazz group, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I walked in with my twin reverb amplifier and my Pittsburgh case and the other guitar player who was there had like this Roland cube amp, you know, like a two watt thing. Uh-huh. And I was like, Oh, I brought all together the wrong gear. <laughs> and like they yeah, fin- cause you can't turn that thing down enough to compete with the key cu- or to have it, the cube compete with it. Right. And they, they finished their song and Dean, the guitar player, goes, oh, that's the same case I have. And I was like, Whew. all right, it's going to be okay. So, like, the the first song that we played together was just tell harmonic into the amplifier. You know, just, just doing the knobs there. Yeah. I mean, God, there's so, there's so much you can do. Yeah. I don't even want to get started on how much I love that thing. <laughs> um. So do you ever play, play guitar with modular like live or uh no not yet. Well, you know what? I did. Um mm-hmm. my mom was the featured artist at a like a local uh it's called Tangled Up in Hue. So it's got <laughs> like a lot of handmade goods and cards and gifts and but also like art all over the walls and um I guess like a lot of handmade gifts i don't know what else you would call them like Uh knitted hats and things like that yeah so anyway they were having like an opening and i don't remember if she asked me or or if i asked her but i did a i did like a long set with the small modular system and the guitar they weren't integrated at all other than just both coming out of speakers at the same time yeah yeah that's i've i'm that's kind of my holy grail i've played I think I've played two shows with my guitar, with my modular, and uh-huh. I've got one at the end of the month that I'm trying to prepare for. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really have a, a whole lot of interest in putting the guitar through the mod. I just want to play like exactly uh, you said. Along with it. Play along with it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think, I think there's something to be got there. I just haven't found it yet. Right. My, like myself. It's weird. The, the coolest thing I ever did uh, as far as running the guitar into the modular was... Um, we made this like bank of amplifiers and attenuators for dead mouse uh-huh. to, so you could integrate, you know, quieter synths and guitars and guitar pedals, like just bring all the worlds together. Right. Mm-hmm. So I need something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't have his budget. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Still waiting on that check, by the way. Oh shit! So, uh, you you plan on recording an, an album or an EP? Uh, I will say from experience, one of the the coolest things about doing it on your own is complete creative control. I will say one of the biggest disadvantages of doing that is uh, it's hard to uh, gain an objective ear when you're listening to your stuff and that's why i want to tell you about obsidian sound it is a mixing and mastering studio in northern california run by nathan moody uh, a musician who some of you may recognize from his etude series of albums and his latest electroacoustic album the right side of mystery which i own on a double cassette the packaging is super cool and it's an excellent album Obsidian Sound specializes in that critical final polish to reach and connect with audiences more effectively. Nathan specializes in independent electronic music uh, with a special focus on ambient and modular. So, listeners, this is kind of uh, it's kind of our sweet spot. Um, he works with artists and uh, labels alike. 
Most of us electronic musicians act as solo artists, as I said before, but before releasing a new album or collection of work, there's a huge benefit to having an objective set of professional ears in a different acoustically treated room on full range monitors. Um, when they hear you know, your work and then add some final quality assurance and objective polish, whoo, it, it makes such a difference. And that's where Obsidian Sound comes in. With 20 years of experience in the audio industry, Nathan offers mix review, mixing, and most importantly, mastering services, with a special focus on preserving and delivering the artist's creative intent. He's provided mastering service for well-known modular artists like R. Benny, Mylar Melodies, and more, uh, including Donald Crunk and Dark Sparkler, friends of the show. Anyone listening to this podcast can get a 10% discount off of mixing and mastering services by mentioning that you heard about Obsidian Sound on Podular Modcast. From experimental to noise to ambient to techno, Obsidian Sound can help you sound like a better version of you. I mean, Arbeni did it. This track that you hear under me talking is from his new release called Isla, and it was it was mastered by by Nathan. And if I mean if Arbeni uses him, I think you can uh, you can know that your 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 sound is in good hands. So if you want your project's mixes reviewed, improved, or mastered, please visit obsidiansound.com. And don't forget to mention that I sent you over there because it'll get you a 10% discount. Oh. Um, uh, no Got bad, to go but... down to Vegas. Got yeah, to go down right. to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> so I plugged the guitar in and then just cascaded like three or four VCAs just wide open. So the guitar signal, you know, instead of being like 0.2 volts, was just huge. Uh huh. And it was like it started clipping out too. So I ran that into the the 4ms peg. Uh huh. And as the clock. Uh huh. So I would hit a note, and then it would go wow, and then the envelope generator would sustain that frequency. Oh Just shit! Just like. And then you can do some wave shaping and stuff like that. I mean, it's really sloppy and ugly. So you're kind of using the opposite, like in in reverse of your your standard flow. Like yes. You, <laughs> ah, that's that's interesting. The peg is awesome. Oh, that thing's yeah. crazy. That's the centerpiece. Yeah, yeah. I had it for a while, and I uh, I got rid of it to get the DLD. <laughs> it was still I don't in know. My, I don't know that one. The dual looping delay. Oh, okay. By 4MS. Yeah, that thing is pretty cool. Um, Yeah, that was back in my, that that era I was talking about where I was just like feverishly Uh acquiring and trading and selling and yeah. So do you have like a super sick envelope right now? Um, I have, well, I mean, I've got, I use maths a lot for my... Um, and I use the woggle bug a lot for that, but I have the, uh, the contour and then uh, a looping ADSR from AI synthesis. Okay. Um, yeah. Your oh, and I just got, covered. I just got the Maleco, uh, ADLFO. So yeah, I forgot. Yeah. I, it's, it's like my newest module. So yeah, I've got some stuff, but I kind of want the peg back. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm running out of space though. I've only got, uh-huh. I don't even have room for it. So <laughs> <laughs> I guess That's, I need another case. <laughs> that some <laughs> some folks would say so. I say maybe you can swap some stuff out. I don't know. Well, that's something that I wanted to ask because I see you've got is that is that uh what's that like a nine U eighty four HP? Uh, I'm not sure exactly on the numbers. It's the second to hugest Pittsburgh case. Okay. Yeah, so that that looks like the ideal size set. Oh, I see you got the bleeding hearts in there from Recovery Effects. Nice. Yeah, buddy. Um, yeah. So I, I'm starting to think that I've got too much stuff. Um, as far as like, I'll, 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 not too many modules in the sense of like of uh, owning them, but mm-hmm. but but maybe too much to work with at one time. So yeah. I'm almost wanting to get rid of a whole row and keep it at nine U eighty four HP. Um, and force myself to learn how to use that in a, in a useful way. Cause I think there, there's this critical point where you get too much shit and it's like, it's, it's, it would be, it would be a, a larger time investment than I have to learn how to <laughs> use it adequately. Sure. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I guess that's, that's my, that's my, uh, my question for you is like, what, what, what's, is that your ideal size there? I think, I think that does look like about like nine U 84. Yeah. Is, 
Yeah, that's a, that. That looks about right. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's just like just enough, not too much. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I think it is a little too much. Yeah. Like I'm. I I don't think it's gonna work. As certainly not as efficiently as a system two thirds that size would. Mm-hmm. But a lot of this stuff, like I'm still trying out um and like there's prototypes in there and stuff like that like Mm -hmm. there's stuff that i need to be working with like for work right in addition (laughs) to and so you know and we have to know how it it interacts with everything else you know oh i hadn't even thought of that yeah that's a really good point yeah so i mean and that's not the only rack because we have i have uh i have a happy ending kit that's just it's just an oscillator and then whatever I'm testing, okay. you know, it's okay. like, that's like the high risk rack, <laughs> you know? So if something goes to shit, like I can't tell you how many modules I've fried by screwing up a different module, like something we're, we're working on and somebody makes a mistake along the way. I plug it in and bang, there goes my envelope generator. Oh shit. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah, you just need to get some. So you just use a, kind of like an affordable uh, oscillator, just to like, just a one that you're willing to blow up. I guess is that kind yeah, of the idea or, of the the one. Well, I use uh, I use the uh, Pittsburgh Waveforms. I think it's called. Uh huh. So it's not like the dinkiest oscillator in the world, but um, their like explosion protection system is something that I can usually fix in-house if I screw it up. <laughs> so nice. so there's that. And also, I not too long ago, I got their their giant oscillator. So Okay, so the, the, the life forms? Or yeah, the is, double helix oscillator. Yeah, nice. So, so nice. the waveforms had to get out of the way anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, are, do you... Now, now I'm just kind of talking shop, but... That's cool. Do you, uh, how often do you rearrange stuff and do you try to like cluster modules in a certain way in your rack? That's something that I've been, I've taken this thing apart so many times thinking like, I got it this time. I'm going to put, you know, and it's, it's, it never works out. It's always, it always feels the same. (laughs) Yeah, man. I've, I mean, work has been kind of bonkers as of late. So Uh since I'm doing like work, work with the modules, like, that rack has come apart and gone back together like three or four times since I got it. And I haven't put in like a musical session on it yet. Oh shit. Yeah. Like it's, it's all just been like testing and like, I, I, I guess I shot a couple promo videos with it, but that was like, again, that was trying to show off the capabilities of the RQD2 and the happiness. Like that's not, uh-huh. that's not really creation for right. me. Um, so yeah, it's just been rearranged over and over. I think my best my best setup I ever had was uh, a six U system, and I had some sources on top and processing on the bottom row, and then like towards towards the the end of the towards the right end of the case, there was some mixing of uh-huh. you know functions and whatnot, um, but that. That made a lot of sense to me, just yeah. that logical flow. And like when you've got three rows, it's like no matter how you organize it, like you're going to be crossing over. That's what I find. Yeah. I get halfway through putting it back together and I'm like, well, now, nope, it's not going to work. I was thinking about maybe trying to treat each row as like, okay, I'm going to make each row something that could be standalone or a voice that yeah something that could do its own thing if i took it out Mm -hmm. um and something i've been thinking about and actually you kind of like helped me really solidify this idea of what i want to do with your the kitchen table thing is i kind of want to take just my one of my happy kid happy endings kits out and put you know fill it up and then Mm -hmm. just only use those modules for like two weeks really get to know them and then mm-hmm. swap them all out. and Because I find myself leaning pretty hard on a lot of my modules. Like Pamela's workout, like it's always my heartbeat, no matter mm-hmm. what. 
but it doesn't have to be. It's just that's the first module I bought, and I it's just always controlling everything. So yeah, I kind of want to start exploring more and and learning how to use this shit. I think if you if you go into that with you know an open mind and uh, I guess that's that's about it is is an open mind and 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 a good amount of time on your side like that that can only bring goodness yeah yeah i mean it, you may not even make something cool but it you're going to learn something from it right yeah worst worst case scenario you ha- you had a a good practice uh uh-huh. <laughs> 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 oh, fuck i had another question for you that was kind of pedal oh I'm, uh, so you you mentioned just a few minutes ago, like oh I've got it set up, but I haven't got to like really create on it. It's been it's been for work. Is it is it hard to keep a balance between like because I could see uh, maybe having your having having like your passion become your day job could be dangerous to your passion. Is is that something that's been a hard thing to keep like balanced? Yeah, with, with playing and everything. Yeah, it's very hard. Yeah. Um, I mean, like in the bad times, it's like, so my, my office is my control room and, and I have a live room and, you know, I have a separate small rig for testing pedals and stuff like that. And I'll just, you know, go in and out of work for weeks and weeks. And I'm just surrounded by all this amazing stuff, Mm -hmm. you know? powerful machines beautiful instruments things that are a lot of things that are fucking made by hand Uh you know some of them made by hand for me by a friend (laughs) and it's just sitting there gathering dust and like so that's a shame that it's happening and then there's just the the pain of not um of not not being able to do music like this this whole company was a fucking scam to allow me to make more music and now it's the thing that prevents me from making music <laughs> that's kind of what this podcast was too like if i if i'm working oh, 40 no. hours a week like, no it, it's it's i'm fine i'm i'm much faster at editing um but at the beginning i was like fuck i never play I never play with my my modular system. I'm just talking to people about modular systems. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I found I found the workaround. But you 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 have like a legit like business and career with what you do. So I imagine that's got to yeah. be like I could I could I could see like looking at it and not wanting to play it even if you had the time to do it. Like well yeah that happens that? too yeah 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 like I mean so the first sort of the first. Um, the first thing that we as a family enacted to, to counteract that was just like my Monday nights, I get to work on music. Mm -hmm. If somebody doesn't show up to practice, then that's solo music all night, you Uh know, stuff like that. But sometimes when things are too shitty, like I come in, I'm already dead tired and I just sit down, turn some shit on, make some garbage sound and like watch youtube or something uh-huh. like or yep. or go you know and it, and it, on one hand that feels like a waste of a night but it, i don't know you can't force <laughs> it yeah right I guess yeah it... that that never ever works <laughs> yeah, and actually yeah. well um, um uh we sort of touched on this with like the small your idea of using a, a small system for a while um the best thing that I've found for getting out of slumps, getting out of your head, so on and so forth, um, is a practice method that I call circle of truth, (laughs) where, um, you have 20 minutes to prepare and 20 minutes to fucking give it your all. So, uh, the way I do it is, you know, I gather up like, pedals that are not on my main board mm-hmm. um, and put the rig together and you know try to grab you know not the main guitar or whatever and then like sit on a like a drummer's stool so you can play comfortably but also get to the pedals if you need to uh-huh. and then yeah and then just 
listen as hard as you can and just try to to collaborate with the machines and yourself um and that uh i mean i've only had that fail once and like i said worst case scenario it was it was a 20 minutes of practice where i tried as hard as i could but it's it's not about forcing it's about allowing Uh uh-huh you know i like that a lot because as somebody who's been playing music you know for over 20 years i i don't really have like anything that i could call like a practice you know like i do it when i feel like it or have time you know right that's something that i've been thinking about a lot lately is like i need to find some sort of system like and i really like that like i might i might try that out you know just like okay you have 40 total minutes you have 20 minutes to get everything together and then and then you know Worst case scenario, like you said, you have a you have a, a shitty twenty minute practice. But best case scenario, yeah. you could have a great two hour jam. Yeah. Or you know, get a yeah. cool new beginning of a track out of it or something. Mm-hmm. So, ah, oh. and this is why you come to the Podular Modcast, folks, for <laughs> for awesome <laughs> awesome nuggets like that from Ben. Life life tips. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, shit. Well, do you feel like doing some patching? Uh, <laughs> yes. I'm nervous to. I'm nervous and excited to do it. Oh, dude, it's, you know, it's funny. Like I've been, I've been subjecting people to this 15 minute patch challenge for, uh-huh. for months now, you know, through almost 30 episodes. And I just started doing it. My, like I've only done it a handful of times, <laughs> but I started a Facebook group where we're, uh, and I'm just inviting everybody who listens to do this, you know, this, this episode's challenge and put it on a Facebook group and stuff. Awesome. So actually I just did one today and, and I thought it was garbage, but I was like, 15 minutes is up and yep. I have to put it That's out there because it was actually a Patreon subscriber who, who did it. So it's like, okay, well they, they fucking paid me to do it. Now I have to do it. And <laughs> so it's kind of, but I think it's uh, ultimately it's what I've found from doing it a handful of times over the few weeks is it's uh, it's it's so valuable to get to uh, to get you out of your box for one and yeah. to just get to know your system and your modules mm-hmm. and uh, yeah so I'm gonna grab my my envelopes here okay let's see if the uh, if the drawing gods will be nice to you or funny <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times it's pretty ridiculous let's see. No acidic earmuffs, please. <laughs> this one, uh, animistic. Oh, so, do you know what that means? I had to write the, I had to write the definition on here. It's all things uh, possess distinct spiritual essence. So, like an animistic. Okay. Does that make sense? All yep. things possess distinct spirit. Okay, animistic. And your noun. Animistic Arctic. Oh, wow. That's kind of interesting. That is exciting. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, folks. It's that spooky time of the year. So uh, now I have a really good excuse to make my typically doom-laden patches. Um, I'm going to bring you some some scary sounds from the Ataraxic Ateritas. Right now I'm utilizing just two of the CV inputs, the waveform, um, which I'm controlling with the maths channel one. And I've got the soft fold input being utilized by the Anna from Mystic Circuits, which is an amazing module in itself. You should check that one out as well. But let's take a listen to the Adoraxic Ateritas. Now, just for some extra scary flavor, let's add that into the dual looping delay from 4MS. Now, as I've said before, pod mod bods mess with time mod knobs, so let's manually twist that guy up a little bit. Spooky. And add some noise into it. Ooh, I think that's even a little scarier. Now for some color, I'm going to add the Telharmonic into the mix. I've got that going to the Digitank from 
IntelliGel, and I'm controlling it with an ADLFO into the FM input, and then I've got, let's see here, I've got a make noise contour going into the centroid input. Let's see what that sounds like with it. And now to bump the scary factor up a notch, I've got the Ataraxicoteratos signal split, and I'm bringing that into the cutting room floor from Recovery Effects, and the CV input on that is also being controlled by Anna from Mystic Circuits. Uh, let's manually mess with some of these knobs. Back to the time mod knob on the Ataraxic. Go to noiseengineering.us to uh, learn more about the Ataraxica Teratos. And if, uh, if you're enjoying these demos and, and, you, and you end up picking up one because of it, uh, tag us both in an Instagram post or something. Let us know. Um, we'd love to hear your feedback on how much you are enjoying this because I guarantee you will enjoy it. All right, that was pretty fun. Let's go check out Ben's patch. Yeah, that was fun. I like fun. it, dude. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's weird being under a cloud. Oh. <laughs> it's still running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, like at first, I was just like a little panicky. And then mm -hmm. I dug in and like I was, I felt good about it before time was up. So, 
Yeah, yeah. I usually like the first. I always go and check the clock, and it's always usually around six minutes is the first time I check is what I have left. I'm like, okay, cool. Nice. At least I'm somewhere where I can I can tidy this up. If I can't make anything else cool happen, I can at least I'll spend three more minutes trying to get something cool happening. And if that doesn't happen, I'll spend the next three minutes just making the thing that I already like sound as good as I can. That's interesting that you uh, that you tidy things up at that point. I uh, I just plug in more patch cards. <laughs> <laughs> That's always my. That's always what I want to do, but I'm like, oh, I won't, I won't, I won't make it. But, um, but I think uh, this is something that I, I plan on doing more often after doing it a few times. Is uh, just it's getting it's good practice. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, shit, dude, that was that was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, that flew I, by. Yeah, I should have warned you. I'm kind of a blabbermouth. Sorry. Oh, dude. No, me too. I that's that's why I like doing this. Like, it's so cool to just talk to so many different perspectives and everything. Um, it's like I, I haven't had the same conversation twice yet. Right. You know, I may yeah. have repeated myself, but it's you know it's still it's always fresh. So, um, and also you know I, you really you made me feel a lot better about this whole like, you know all the all the 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 people being negative about, Oh, it's it, modular is oversaturated. And it, it's uh, as somebody who's doing a modular podcast, I don't uh-huh. want to hear that. You know? Right. Yeah. And uh, also I just, I love the format and I think it's just, I think it has so much more to offer than, uh, than what's been taken from it. So I'm yeah, it does. you're still excited about it. Yeah. It seems still, I mean, even though it's 50 years old now or whatever, it still seems like a new technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this this like second wave of it since like the Eurorack thing. I mean, even though that did happen in the the mid '90s, I feel like it really started, you know, picking up, you know, less than ten years ago. Yeah, for so, sure. And it's and it's like huge now. So, I don't know. I think I think it's got a lot more to show us. And I think with uh, with companies like you guys, like just finding new new cool ways of, <laughs> you know, using the stuff, it's it's just gonna get better. So, I sure hope so, man. <laughs> All right, I want to thank Ben for being on the show. Thank you for listening. Uh, This track that you hear right now and that sweet, sweet guitar thing that you heard in the intro of the episode are are both from the the soundtrack for the web series Fragments that Ben composed. So please check that out. Thank you to our sponsors, Obsidian Sound, Noise Engineering, Recovery Effects, and AI Synthesis. Thank you to all your Patreon subscribers. Um, And don't forget to come out to knobs and shit (laughs) that sounded funny until next week